Come on, are you excited to be at church today? Are you still are you still expecting big things today from God? Are you expecting big things from His Word? I'm excited about what I'm going to share with you today. Before we get into that, though, I just want to remind you, if this is maybe your first time here, you weren't here last Sunday, uh, or you haven't been here in a while, you can pick up one of these 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting cards at Impact Central, which is right on the other side of this wall here. So on your way out, grab one of those. And it breaks down how we are corporately fasting together. Uh, we've encouraged you to pray about what God wants you to do, maybe above and beyond what's on this card. Uh, but for for these three weeks, we're wanting everybody that is participating in the fast to focus on these three areas. Now, I want to challenge you because I've had some people uh, asking me today, like, is the caffeine part over? You know, <laughs> I, I want to challenge you to do something. And I'm not telling you, you don't have to do this. This is just, I'll, I'll say it like this, this is just, what, how much do you want from God? How, how, much do you want, how much do you want Him to do in your life in 2018? And so I want to challenge you to do something that uh, I'm going to do myself personally. I wouldn't ask you to do something that I'm not going to do myself. But we are going to build off of these each week. So you've been doing sugar and caffeine and things like that for week one. And you came in today thinking, whew, when the clock strikes midnight tonight, I'm up drinking some coffee, right? But I want to challenge you, I want to challenge you to continue week one's fast into week two. And as we go through week two, to continue week one and week two into week three. So you've been on sugar and caffeine, and now we're going into a food fast where you might you might decide that you want to you know do a total fast where it's water only. You might do a sun up to sundown, you know, from the time that the sun rises till the sun sets. You're you're not going to eat anything, just water only, and you're going to spend time. Uh, in prayer and, and seeking God, or you may decide to do a Daniel fast, something like that. There are a lot of different options that you can be a part of for the food portion of the fast. But I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to, to expect big things. But if you want big results, sometimes you got to put some big effort into it. Are you with me? If you want big results, sometimes you got to put a little more effort. You gotta, if you want to see something different happen, you got to do something different. You got to do something a little bit different than what you've been doing for the last 12 months. If you want to see God do something new, you need to do something new. And so I challenge you with that. Pick one of these up uh, just as a reminder. Grab a couple of them. Like I said last week, if you want one in your car and one at work, one at home, grab three, you know, so it can be a reminder for you as you go throughout your day, no matter where you are. Amen. All right. Well, today we're we're continuing our series on our word for 2018, which we gave to you last weekend, Overflow. Anybody ready to, to overflow in 2018? I know, we're only, I know we're only 14 days in, and we're only seven days in to, to you even knowing what, what our word is for the year. But how many of you are ready for God to just overflow in your life? You're ready to be in a place? Come on, you're getting prepared like we talked about last week. If you weren't here last week, you need to go back, and you need to get the podcast, or you need to go on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page and watch it, or you need to uh, get on the app, however you want to get it. And you need to download it or do whatever you need to do to watch last week or listen to last week because it was encouraging. Uh, it was challenging. It was what God wanted to speak for the first Sunday of the year here at Impact Church. So I encourage you to do that. Go back and watch or listen to last weekend's message. But we talked about the example of a cup where if you want, if you want to live in the, if you want your cup to overflow, you want to live in the overflow, you want to be a person that's overflowing onto other people, you first have to prepare yourself for God to put in you what he wants to put in you. And a lot of times we take what, what we already have in us and we don't try to empty anything out and we just try to add God to everything. 
and it doesn't come out the way that we think it ought to come out, it doesn't work out the way, and we're not getting everything that God intends for us to have, we've got to empty out the cup so that we can get, we've got to empty what's in it so that we can get what God has for us and what God wants to pour in. We also talked about you've got to get in position. The water can be on all day long, but if the cup's not under the faucet, it's not getting filled up. You've got to get in position. Then we talked about posture. Even though the cup's under the faucet, if it's turned on its side or it's turned upside down, it still can't be filled up. It's got to be upright. And we talked about how through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're preparing, we're getting in position, we're getting the right posture. And today, uh, for part two, I want to talk to you on this subject, that one thing. Everybody say, that one thing. Come on, say it like you have no idea what I'm talking about yet. That one thing. <laughs> that one thing. All right, it's a good thing we're not all trying to do that in unity. <laughs> so if we were if we were to go around the room, I know we're still in January, we're about halfway through, which is crazy to think we're already about halfway through the first month of the year. But if we were to go around the room and ask this question to every person here, have you ever made a New Year's resolution? I would be willing to bet that 99, if not 100% of the people in this room at some point in your life have made a New Year's resolution to do something. I'm going to do something. You know, it's New Year's Eve, and, it, you know, everything. It's kind of like when you talk about going on a fast. You're like, I'm going to do a full fast, and I'm going to go only water right after you just ate something. You know what I'm saying? You feel good, and you're like, I just ate, and I'm full, you know, and you're like, bless God. I'm going on a full fast, and then you get into about day two, and you're like, dear Lord, what did I do? But... <laughs> It's kind of that. It's kind of that same thing. You make this New Year's resolution. You're thinking, man, it's about to be a new year, fresh start. You know, the clock's about to strike 12. This is what I'm like. I'm doing this in 2018. This is what I'm doing. And I don't know, you know, what those things that you promised yourself are. Or you promised someone else that you were going to do in the new year. It could be, you know, well, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe it's more than that, less than that. I don't know. Or I'm going to make new friends this year. Uh, maybe some of you are just trying to make friends. I don't know. <laughs> You know, whatever your New Year's resolution is, I'm going to make sure that I get more sleep this year, or I'm, I'm not going to work as much overtime this year. I'm going to get in better shape this year. I'm going to spend more time at home this year. I'm going to treat people better this year. I'm going to find the one this year. Come on, all the single people. I'm going to find the one in 2018. I'm going to eat better this year until you get off the fast. And then it's like all that goes in, the, all that goes in the trash, right? It's like, well, I was eating hummus, and mm -mm, no more hummus. Give me the real stuff, right? But you make these New Year's resolutions. We all do this, and maybe you've gotten past the point. Maybe you've you've done this, and about a month in, two months in, you've quit, and so you just quit making them, and you're just like, okay, you know, whatever. But at some point, we've all made a New Year's resolution to do something, something we wanted to be better, something we wanted to be, you know, on a different level, something we wanted to do that maybe we had not been doing before. Some of us even do this uh, from month to month throughout the year. Uh, you know, this is, this is one of my favorites, and I, I'm, you know, speaking to myself when I say this too. You ever done this? Well, next Tuesday is February the 1st. So on the 1st, I'm going to start to work out. <laughs> and here we are on the 25th or whatever it is, like, well, I'm going to just eat whatever I want to eat for the next seven days. And come February the 1st, I'm going to get serious. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be for real, you know. March first, that's when we're gonna turn it around. That's when we're gonna start, we're gonna start doing a budget. March the first, <laughs> March the first. We're in the middle of February. We're just gonna spin till our eyeballs pop out right now. But come March the first, we're gonna do a budget. 
we're going to get our finances in order, you know, but we're going to wait until, you know, we like, the, we like the first or the beginning of a new week. Well, tomorrow's Sunday, so today we'll just do whatever we want to do, and tomorrow's Sunday, and it's a brand new week, and so we're going to get on track, and we're really, you know, Monday morning, we're really going to the gym. You know, I always said we were doing it on February the 1st, but now that it's the middle of the month, and it's Monday, we're really going. We do this all the time. Are you with me? We like, we, we set these, we, we, we call them a goal, but you could call it a goal, but some kind of resolution in your mind or in your heart that I'm going to do this come this time. When it's a new year, when I get through the holidays, then I'm going to do this. When it's a new month and it's the first, then I'm going to do this. When it's a new week, then I'm going to do this. And we do this to ourselves all the time. And maybe you're the type of person that has a million different things and ideas floating around in your mind all the time that you want to start or finish or work on. And we can all probably find ourselves in one of these groups that I've mentioned so far. But today I want to I want to, to draw our attention and I want to take us and take our minds off of all the things. And I want to focus our minds on that one thing. Because most of us, there's no such thing as multitasking. But most of us think we're good multitaskers. Well, I can start this and then go finish this and spend three hours on this and then go over here and do this and do this. And we have all these ideas floating around in our mind. And a lot of times we make all these resolutions and all these things that we want to do. But I want to take our minds off of all the things that we said we were going to do, that we never did, that we've been putting off. And I want to focus our attention today on that one thing, that one thing, the one thing that you know you need to do. The one thing that you've been putting off, the one thing that you know would change your life if you would do it, the one thing that you wish you could get under control, come on somebody, the one thing, come on, the one thing that you know if there was a button I could push and I could change that, I would push the button. That's the one thing. It could be a relationship. It could be, you know, your financial situation. It could be anything for you. Only you know what your one thing is. But I want you to think about it in your mind, and a lot of you already know what that one thing is. If there, was, if there was a magic button that I could push, and it would change that situation, it would change that relationship, it would change my finances, it would change the way that I see that, it would change my health, it would change whatever, I would push that button. That is the one thing that I want to draw your attention to today. And the good news this morning is that there's a story in the Bible that I want to, uh, to kind of walk you through that I believe can help us in this area of our lives, and this is the story of Nehemiah. And I don't know if you've ever read the story of Nehemiah. It's in the Old Testament. Great leadership book. If you ever want to read something on, you know, about being a leader, uh, it's, it's an incredible book of the Bible to read. I don't know if you've ever heard about Nehemiah or not, but I want to kind of set the story up for you and why we're talking about it this morning, and then we're going we're gonna to dive in here in just a few minutes to where we really want to go. And a few years ago, I want to, this, this message actually came to me, this, the verse that I'm going to lead you to, we actually read five, six years ago maybe, and it started kind of turning into this, this message and this idea and, and all of this stuff, and we even have this, uh, the verse that I'm going to lead you to, we even have this in a frame in our home, and, but it's focusing on that one thing, and here's, here's what, uh, this verse has impacted the way that we parent, the way that we manage money, the way that we do a lot of things in our lives. And so I want to tell you this story and lead you to the verse, and then we're going to dive into this verse today. And my prayer, my prayer for you is that if you don't know what it is already, that by the time you leave today, you'll know what your one thing is, and you'll focus on your one thing. Are you with me? 
We, we, we try to do, sometimes we try to do too much and we just need to start somewhere, right? We try, to do, we try to do everything and sometimes we just need to focus on that one thing. So here we go. So the story of Nehemiah, uh, just to give you some background and some context, it takes place around 444 B.C. And there's a guy named, cool name if you ever want to name your kid this, Artaxerxes, right? <laughs> there's a king, Artaxerxes, and Nehemiah works for the king, okay? Trying to give you some, so you'll kind of understand when we get to the verse. He works for the king and he, he does things for the king. And one day, you know, over a hundred years before this time, before what we're about to read, the Babylonians have, have taken over uh, basically God's people. And they've torn down the walls around, the wall around Jerusalem. Uh, it's pretty much a stomping around. They just come and go as they please. And, and God's people, the people in Jerusalem, they have, no, they have no structure. They have nothing. They're just overtaken by everybody that is around them. This has been about a hundred years. And so after about a hundred years later, Nehemiah, who's working for this king, he gets a burden for the people, for his people in Jerusalem. And so he takes a risk. Now, in these days, if you went to the king that you worked for and you decided you wanted some time off, you might be killed for trying to get some time off because you worked for the king. And you need to be here and you need to do what you're supposed to do. And there are no, there are no excuses. You're working for the king. And this is the king. He rules everything. But he takes a risk. And so he goes to the king, and he's asking the king. Basically, he tells him, "There, my people back in Jerusalem, where I'm from, you know, they they're they're in bad they're in bad shape, and I'm wondering if you would allow me to go back and help them for just a season, just a period of time, and then I will come back and I will serve you again. I'll work for you again. I'm not going to stay there. I just want to go and help them. I really feel like this is what I need to do. And so he takes this risk, asks the king for some time off." And the king even goes above and beyond what he was asking for. Not only does he grant him, how many of you know that God goes before you when you need something? When there's something going on in your life or something that you're dealing with or something that you're struggling with, God will go before you before you ever even get there. And he's already made a way and he's already done what he needs to do before you ever even get to the situation. So before Nehemiah ever even went to the king, God had already been to the king. So the king not only grants him his wish, but he tells him, I'll send anything with you that you need. You don't have to go alone. I'll send some people. I'll send some resource. I'll send some tools. We'll send, you know, weapons, whatever you need. You can take with you and go and do what you feel like you need to do and then come back and, and, and we can get back to the way things were. So he grants him his wish, gives him whatever he needs. He makes the, makes the trip there. And it's important to understand that the walls have been torn down for so long that none of the people that live in Jerusalem at the time have ever known what it's like to what it's like to live in the city where it was protected nobody there has ever experienced what the city was like when it was protected and when it was God's people and what you know the way that it, the good old days if you will nobody that's there knows what the good old days look like nobody knows and so he goes and he shows up on the scene and when Nehemiah he arrives at Jerusalem it breaks his heart even more with everything that he sees going on because he sees it firsthand. And so he travels around and he goes and he talks to all the people that are there. He's trying to figure out, you know, what do you need help with? What do we need to do? What, you know, what, let's find out where we need to start. And there are a million things that he could have done. How many of you know you go around asking people, what do you need help with? What do you need help with? What do we need to do? What do we need to fix? What do we make better? Everybody's going to have their opinion. Everybody's going to have something different. Everybody's going to be talking about 
well, I need you to do this because this will really help me and my family, and I need you to do this, and, well, we really need to do this over here, and if we really built this up, then that would help things or whatever. But Nehemiah finally comes to the conclusion, I could do all these things, but there's one thing that we need to do. We could do everything you're talking about. We could go around and we could fix all the problems that you think we need to fix. But really, there's one thing that we need to work on. There's one thing. So he rallies the people together and gets them all focused on this one thing. And that one thing is they need to rebuild the wall around the city. These people don't know what it's like to be protected. They don't know what it's like to have their own city. They don't know what it's like, you know, the way that it used to be. And so he thinks we need to rebuild the wall around the city so that that, 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 will, that will help with all of the other things that we do in the future. So instead of trying to focus on the wall and focus on your house and focus on your problem and focus on this relationship and focus on all this other stuff, let's focus on this one thing that will help all the other things in the future. And when we get this one thing done, then we can move on to the next thing. So he decides that this is the one thing that they need to do. And so he casts the vision. The people all rally together. They begin to rebuild the wall. And as they're rebuilding the wall, the surrounding areas begin to notice that they're rebuilding the wall. And they don't like that they're rebuilding the wall. You know that when you start to do something for God, you start to, to take a step in the right direction, the enemy's not going to like what you're doing. Some of you have already found out seven days into 21 days of prayer and fasting that, that the devil doesn't like you praying and fasting. And you've never wanted caffeine so bad in your life. And you've never wanted a starburst so bad in your life. <laughs> because the enemy doesn't, it's like, when, when it's just the normal thing, you don't really think about it. But as soon as you take it away, as soon as you start focusing on something, the enemy doesn't like that you're, the direction that you're moving. And so he doesn't just roll over and let you do whatever you want to do. He's going to come against you. And so all these people in the surrounding areas, they don't like what's going on. Nehemiah showed up. Who's this Nehemiah guy anyway? And he's trying to get all these people to rebuild the wall. And so we need to figure out how we can stop this process. Because if they rebuild the wall, then this might happen and that might happen. And they'll get stronger and they'll have their own city and they'll get confidence and they'll be encouraged. And we need to figure out a way to knock this off before they get this done, before it really even gets started. And so all the surrounding area, they start attempting to get them to stop working on the wall. And there's a leader of all these people, and his name's Sam Ballot, which is another incredible name if you want to name your kids that. It, it would be, that would be awesome. Sam Ballot. I don't know what you'd call him for short. but And he, he basically has a lot of influence in this region. And he begins to send spies in and, and start rumors and discourage the people and uh, sends armed forces in to attack the workers on the wall. But no matter what, no matter what they sent in to stop the process on the wall, they kept working on the wall. There was nothing going to stop them from what they were called to do. This is our one thing that we need to do. And we're not stopping until it's done. No matter what you send in, come on, devil, no matter what you send my way, no matter what you try to tempt me with, no matter what thought you try to put in my head, well, it's only one thing, and really you're not, you know, it's like, well, just give in one day, and then you can jump back on board. No matter what, no matter what you send my way, I'm still going to do what God is telling me to do. So they, they continue to work on the wall. The wall gets higher and higher, and, and since they see that the attempts are not working, they decide, well, here's what we need to do. 
We've been sending all these people in. Here's what we need to do. We need to, we need to get the leader away from the people that are working for him. And if we can get Nehemiah off the wall and get him to come meet with us, we can kill him, and it'll discourage the people enough that they'll stop. They won't have anybody to follow. There won't be anybody there for them to follow, to lead them, to guide them through all of this process. And so then they'll stop working on the wall. And so they send messengers to Nehemiah to try to get him to come off the wall and meet with them. And then in Nehemiah chapter 6, we kind of experience this encounter between these messengers with Samballot and Nehemiah. And that's where I want to pick up the story today. And we're just going to read three verses and then we're going to talk about it for the remainder of our time today. This is what it says in Nehemiah chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Then Samballot, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and our other enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there was not one gap in it. But I had not yet set the doors in the gates. So the enemies are thinking, well, there's still hope. <laughs> They've got the wall up, but they haven't put the, the gates up yet. You know, they're still, maybe we can still stop this before it's actually complete. So Samballot and Geshem sent me, this message. Come, Nehemiah, let's meet together in Kepharim on the plain of Ono. But they were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this answer, and this is what I want you to get today. Come on, if you can get this in your spirit and you can get this in your heart, it'll change everything about your life. I sent messengers to them with this answer. I am doing a great work, and I can't come down. I don't want the work to stop while I leave to meet you. I'm doing a great work. You know, devil, I appreciate how you're trying to get me off my game. And you're trying to, to break up what I know I'm supposed to do and what I felt like I was supposed to do and what I committed to do. But I'm doing a great work. And I can't come down. And by the way, why should I come down off the wall and stop the work to come talk to you? Come on, do you remember a message that I preached a few months ago where you let the enemy come up to your table? And the only reason the enemy's talking to you is because you're letting him talk to you? So why should I, why should I come off of the wall and stop the work? Because you want me to come down and meet with you. You want to have a conversation about what you think I should do when I already know what I should be doing and I'm doing a great work and I'm on my wall and I'm not coming off of my wall until my wall is complete. I'm not coming down to come talk to you or do something else that you want me to do because I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. What I'm doing, this is basically what Nehemiah tells him. What I'm doing is more important than what you want me to do and I'm not going to stop doing this to come do what you want me to do. I would love to play golf again this weekend but I promised my kids I'd watch a movie with them. We're getting real now. You know, I would love to, I'd love to, I'd love to participate in that. I'd love to get, you know, some extra hours at work again. But I, you know, but I've been planning this date for my wife. So why, why should I come down from the one thing that God has told me to do? to do something else that may not even be bad, but will take me off of what God has told me to do. I'd love to get some extra hours in, but guess what? I'm doing a great work, 
and I can't come down. I'm doing something significant, and I can't come down. I'm doing something that's going to impact somebody else's life, and I can't come down. I'm doing something that is going to make my marriage better, and I can't come down. I'm doing something that's going to help raise my kids the right way, and I cannot come down. Cannot come down. I'd love to grab coffee with you at that time tomorrow morning, but that's the time I've set aside to meet with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Y'all are awfully quiet today. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to do what you just text me and ask me to do, but I've, already, but I've already set up a meeting with Jesus, and I just really can't miss it. So maybe if we could push it back like two hours, and if that doesn't work for you, maybe we can pick another day. Well, you really, like, I know, I know, like, things are just really chaotic and busy, and you really need all of us to work really late, but I haven't been on a date with my wife in a month, and I'm doing something significant. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down, so I know you're asking me, I know you, you're wondering, do you want more hours, you want some overtime, do you want to get a little bit more money, <clears throat> but I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. I know that we all enjoy doing I know that that's our hobby. I know we like playing golf. We like, we like playing sports. We like doing whatever, you know. We like hunting. But I haven't been home with my kids in eight days. And I'm doing a great work. So I know that it would be fun to do that. And you really want me to do that. And you're getting everybody together to do that. But I'm doing a great work. And I can't come down. I'm doing a great work, and why should I come down off of my wall to do something that's not going to continue to build my wall? Why should I come down off of my wall to do something that would be a good thing, would be a fun thing? We would all enjoy it. But this is the wall that I'm building. And when my kids move out, I want them to know how they're supposed to live. I want them to know what love is. I want them to know that dad was there. I want them to know that mom took care of them. I want them to know that we ate at home more than once a week. I want them to know that, you know, we sat around the table. I want them to know all of these things that when they, when they get their own family and they get married and they move out, they'll know that, hey, this is the way that life is supposed to be. That it's God, family, and then everything else. I said it's God, and then it's your spouse. And then if you have kids, it's your kids. And then if you have a job, it's your job. And then it's everything else that you want to do. But if we get that out of order, we stop, we, we stop on the wall. See, what we do is we're trying to build a better relationship with God at the beginning of the year. And then something happens and something distracts us and we get off of our wall and we never finish it. So January 2019 rolls around and we're like, this is the year. This is the year that I'm going to get right with God. This is the year that I'm going to read more of the Word. This is the year that I'm going to start praying every day. I'm going to get up an hour early every day so I can spend time with Him. And then something happens and we get off of our wall, and then it's January 2020. Well, this is the year that I'm going to do that. This is the year. Come on. It's, it's about priorities. It's about figuring out what your one thing is and saying, you know what? This is my one thing. I don't have 17 things. Come on. We can't do 17 things. We need to figure out what the one thing is that God's saying, this is what you need to do in 2018. You need, to, you need to work on your marriage. You need to spend more time with your kids. You need to start working like you're working unto the Lord and not unto people. You need to stop complaining. 
You need to be grateful. I don't know what your one thing is, but you know right now in your mind God's speaking something to you. And there's something that you know this is the one thing that I need to focus on this year, and I need to pay attention to this, and I need to do what God's telling me to do in this area. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself back in this month, next year, wondering the same thing. Trying to do the same thing, and we never accomplish anything. The wall never gets built because we keep coming down from the wall. There's something in your life that needs your full attention. And there's a wall in your world that you need to climb up on and complete the task. There's something or there's someone in your life that needs you to say, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I could do all that other stuff, but this is the most important thing. And I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. If it's a relationship, a job, a debt, whatever your one thing is. And here's why I believe this story is so important to us. If Nehemiah had come down and gone to meet with these people, they would have taken his life. And I don't know if you know this, maybe physically, but for sure spiritually. If there, there's something in your life that you better start paying attention to, or it'll kill you. It'll kill you, it'll be taken away from you. You'll take it for granted, and what is continually taken for granted is eventually taken away. There's something in your life that needs your attention. Something needs your attention. Somebody needs your attention. There's something that God is saying, this is what you need to work on this year, for the next few months, for however long until that wall is built. And then you've got to guard the wall. Because just because you build it, doesn't mean that somebody's not going to come in and try to tear it down. So when you build it and you walk away thinking, well, that wall's built. My marriage is better. Kids like me again. I'm eating better. We started budgeting. I'm going to walk away and start working on something else. Even though you walk away and you think, okay, God, what do you want me to do now? You still have to pay attention to this wall. And you got to protect it. And you have to guard it. You have to make sure that nobody comes in and tears down the wall that you built because God told you to build it. There are things in your life that if you don't focus on and if you don't deal with, they have the potential to ruin your life relationally, financially, health-wise, many things. And for some of you, you know what your wall is and you're just not paying attention. Some of us in the room today, we've known what our wall is for a while. And we just haven't been paying attention. We've known the thing that we've been neglecting, and we've just been ignoring it. We've been putting it off. We've been, well, you know, maybe it'll get better on its own. Maybe, the, you know, maybe this will happen, and we're, we're praying about it. Come on, i got a message for you on prayer coming up probably next week, so you don't want to miss that one. But we're praying about it, but we're not doing anything. We're praying about it, but we're not doing anything. And there are some things in your life that if you don't start paying attention to that one thing that God's putting on your heart right now, it has the potential to ruin something in your life. It has the potential to do you harm when you don't even know that it's coming yet. I know my marriage is suffering. I know my kids haven't seen me. I know I should read my Bible. I know I should stop that habit. But, 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 but. But I'll start next month. 
There's no, there's no better time than right now when you walk out of church today to start working on your wall. There is no better time than right now when it's fresh on your mind to start working on your wall. Tomorrow morning you wake up, I'm going to do this. The next day I'm going to do this. The next day I'm going to do this. You start making a plan on how you're going to rebuild or build your wall. Some of us, we need to go into our kids' rooms at night and, and say out loud to remind ourselves, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. You have teenagers, you might have to wait really late. <laughs> but you need to go, you need to go in your kids' room. Some of us, we need to do this just to remind ourselves, this is, this is my great work right now. I'm raising these kids. And I want them to know Jesus, and I want them to know what hard work is, and I, know what, I want them to know what, I want them to have good morals. I want them to have, you know, a good background that they're coming from. And this is my good work. And some of us just need to go in there and just sit down on the bed while they're sleeping and say, you know what, this is my good work, and I cannot come down. And there's nothing going to get me off my wall. Now, I'm not telling you to quit your job and just depend on God for everything in your life. That's not smart either. But you know what you, you, know what you need to do. You know the things that have been taking you away from your wall. The things that have been distracting you from what God's told you to do. There are a lot of things I could be doing, a lot of things I could be a part of, but this is my great work, and I'm not coming down. Come on, men, some of us, we need to, when we go to work, you got that picture of your wife and kids on your desk? Some of us need to look at that picture and remind ourselves, I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. And nothing's going to take me off this wall, because I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Women, you need to look at your husband or your boyfriend. I don't know what you say. You know, he's a piece of work. I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what you ladies are gonna say about us men, but you get the idea. We just need to take a moment sometimes and remind ourselves what our great work is and what God has called us to do and just commit to say, There's nothing gonna take me off this wall. I could do that and that and that and that and that, and I could never be home. But I'm doing a great work, and I'm not coming down. I'm doing something significant, and I'm not coming down. There's something significant in your life that you need to do, and you can't get distracted. And what if, what if, just what if, the one thing that you've been avoiding is the one thing God wants to use in your life to help other people, to make an impact in other people's lives, to, to impact your kid? What if the one thing, the one thing that you've been putting off, come on, you know what you've been putting off, what you've been procrastinating about, what you haven't been working on, what you haven't been spending time on, who you haven't been spending time with, and what if the one thing, what if the enemy is working so hard to keep you off of that one thing because he knows if you ever did that one thing, everything would change. Why do you think it is so hard? Y'all got me yelling now. Why do you think it is so hard for you to work on that one thing? Could it be that the enemy knows if they start working on that one thing, everything changes? If they start spending more time at home, then the whole family starts coming to church. Then the whole family gets saved. Then they start telling everybody about it. And it changes everything. Well, if they ever start spending time together as a couple, 
and really spending time, you know, dating each other again and really getting to know each other again and, and pouring into their marriage. If they ever really start doing that, then they're going to be in unity. Then they're going to be praying together. Then they're going to be doing things together. Then they're going to be tearing down all these walls around other people because they started working on their one thing. Why do you think the enemy does not want you working on your one thing? Could it be that your one thing has the potential to be the thing that changes everything? Your one thing that you keep putting off and you keep getting distracted from and the enemy keeps putting something else in your path could be the one thing that changes everything in your life. And even though Nehemiah wouldn't come off the wall, it didn't stop the opposition from trying. If you read more of the story, we're not going to read it today, but they even started a rumor about him that they were hoping we get back to the king that he worked for, that, well, he's planning to rebuild this and stay, so you shouldn't have let him go, and then the king would send for him, and all this stuff, come on, all this stuff that they should keep trying to do to get him to come off of the wall. Quit building the wall, quit building the wall, quit building the wall. What can we do to get you to build the wall? Enemy comes over here and pokes you in the side over here. What can we do? Will this work to get you off the wall? Well, okay, that didn't work. So can we do this to get you off the wall? Can we, what if we just nudge you a little bit? Will that make you fall over and get off the wall? And this happens all the time. You know I'm telling you the truth. You start working on your one thing, and the enemy's going to come at you harder than he's ever come at you because he knows that your one thing is probably the thing that has the potential to change everything. So we got to get on our wall. Start building the wall. All these attempts to get Nehemiah to stop working on the wall, but he went on to finish the wall, and this is how the Bible records it in verses 15 and 16. It says, The wall of Jerusalem was completed on the 25th day of the month of Elul. It took 52 days to rebuild. When all our enemies heard about it and all the nations around us saw it, they were shamed. They then understood that the work had been done with the help of our God. Here's what I want to point you out with and kind of where we're going to land today. The cool thing about this story, and you might not think it's cool when I tell it to you, but did you notice there are no miracles in this story? There's no God coming down and killing all the enemies. There's no, you know, well, I'm going to keep them, from, I'm going to keep the messengers from getting to them so they won't get discouraged and they won't come off the wall. All this was, was this was a man who walked in and rallied some people, and they got to work on something, and they made up their mind that they were going to finish it. There's no, there's no, God, I pray, like, I really wish my marriage would get better. I really wish it would get better. And God says, get on your wall. I really want my kid, you know, like, I feel like I'm running out of time. I really want my kids to know Jesus. I really want my, I want to be there for them, and I'm so busy and all this, and God says, get on your wall. Stop coming off of the wall. You're allowing the work on the wall to stop while you go take care of all these other things that aren't as important as the work on the wall. We got to get on the wall and stay on the wall. We don't wake up one day and have a better marriage. We don't wake up and our kids have been taught what they need to be taught. We don't wake up and have the career that we always wanted. We don't wake up and the most important things in our lives have just magically started thriving. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and that one thing that you may have been neglecting is going to be magically all of a sudden better and thriving and just exactly what you want it to be because you're building a wall. So you've got to get on the wall and start doing some work. Start doing some work. These were just people who understood the importance of rebuilding the wall. And the leader 
who would not come down until the wall was complete, and God honored their hard work, and God honored their dedication, and God honored their determination to do that one thing. I want to invite the worship team to come back out. So here's my question to you as we end today. Very simple, but very important. Very simple, but very important. And maybe you need to write it down, or maybe you already know the answer to this question as soon as we ask it. But here's the question that I want to ask you today. What is your one thing? What is your one thing? I've given you some examples, and we've talked about some different things that are, that are a big deal in our, in our culture and in our families. But what is your one thing? And here, I just want to go through just a list that I believe the Lord gave me to kind of just spur some thoughts in your mind. What is your one thing? Maybe your one thing, and you haven't thought about this because we haven't talked about this yet. But what if your one thing is to start giving? What if that's the one thing? What if God says, if you'll just trust me with the first, I'll take care of everything. If you'll just trust me with the first, and maybe, maybe you've never really gotten to that, to that point, I don't know, where you, it's a hard place to get to, but here's what I do know, where your treasure is, your heart will follow. Where you're putting your money, that's where your heart is. Where you put your money, that's what you think about. That's what you spend your time on. And this is not a giving message. But I'm just it might be that maybe your one thing is just, you know what, I need to pick a percentage of my income. I believe that tithing is 10%, but maybe 10% is a stretch for you right now, and you want to start at 5 or something. And you're like, you know what, for 2018, I feel like I need to start giving and, that, and just trust God with the rest. I'm going to start with 5% or I'm going to start with 10%. But just whatever God speaks to you, but maybe, maybe that's your one thing. And God says, if you'll, just, if you'll do this act of faith and you'll just start giving the first of everything to me, then I'll take care of everything else. So maybe that's your one thing. Maybe there's a relationship that needs to be mended. Maybe there's a relationship with a family member. There's a relationship with a spouse. There's a relationship with, with a child. There's a relationship some po- at some point in your life that has been broken and it just needs to be mended. You've known for a long time that it needed to be mended. It needed to be made right. But you just never started working on it. Maybe you need to be the first person to step out and start making steps toward the other person. Maybe that's your one thing. Maybe you need to spend more time with your family. Maybe you work a lot. Maybe your job requires you to work a lot. Maybe your job requires you to be gone a lot. Maybe your one thing is you need to ask God, how can I prioritize my family? Even though this is what my job is, this is what I, you know, I'm, I'm doing to pay the bills, this is all the stuff that, that's going on, what are some things that I can do to prioritize my family and start spending more time with my family? Maybe it's to invest in your kids. Maybe it's to date your spouse. A lot of times, we're going to talk about relationships in some weeks to come, but a lot of times when we get married, we stop dating. And then we look back and we wonder why we don't like each other. Because we, 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 stopped, we stopped pursuing each other. We stopped dating each other. We stopped having fun together. We stopped doing the things that we did that we really, made us really like each other. And then we got each other, and we just went our separate ways. <laughs> and we started doing whatever we wanted to do. Maybe that's your one thing. Maybe you just need to pour into your marriage. Maybe you need to start dating your spouse again. Maybe you need to get out of debt. Maybe there's a debt you've been in, and as soon as you get out, you go back in. As soon as you get out, you go back in, and maybe you need to make the commitment and say, you know what, in 2018, the wall that I need to start on is getting out of debt. 
Because getting out of debt will free me up to do all of these other things. I, I really believe that we, I really believe that most of us want to be generous to those around us, but we just can't. Because all of our money's tied up. We have all kinds of debt and all kinds of, you know, stuff and, and all of this. And maybe, maybe your one thing is I need to start figuring out, I need to develop a plan to start getting out of debt. To get where I want to be, where God wants me to be. Maybe it's to stop drinking. Maybe it's to stop gossiping. Maybe it's just to read the Bible. Maybe it's to get up a little earlier to have quiet time with Jesus every day. Maybe it's, maybe there's a business or a ministry that God has put on your heart and it's been there for 13 years and you've just never done it. And maybe God's saying, that's your one thing. That's going to change everything if you'll do that one thing. Only you know what your one thing is. I can't tell you what your one thing is. Only I can tell me what my one thing is. But I want you to answer the question honestly to yourself. Might even be something to talk about with your spouse, with your family. But what is your one thing? We stand today. Here's something I know before we sing this last song. Here's something I want you, I, I, I feel like, I feel obligated to tell you this because you come into, you come into church and we're all excited and there's, you know, we're in a new series, Word for Years Overflow and last week was incredible and we're expecting God to do big things throughout this year and all this stuff and we walk in here and we hear a message and we think, man, I know what my one thing is and I need to start working on that. I need to, you know, I need to start doing that one thing. But here's what I want you to understand. When you walk out of these doors, you still have the same responsibilities. You still have the same people in your life. You still have the same distractions. You still have the same stuff. Just because you came into church today and heard a message about one thing that you need to start doing didn't change everything out there. The only thing that changed, the only thing that can change today is your mindset. That even though I'm about to walk back into all of that stuff, I'm going to focus on my one thing. And I want to figure out a way with God's help to prioritize the one thing that he's calling me to do. Even though I have all the distraction coming at me, I have this job and this career and, and these hours and all this stuff, all these people, the only thing that's going to change today is you. So when you leave and the enemy starts throwing stuff at you, don't be surprised. Just look back at him. Or look down at him and tell him, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. No matter what you throw at me, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. No matter what you try to distract me with, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. The same people that have been in my life that have been bringing me down, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. The people on my job that get on my nerves, I'm doing a great work. And I cannot come down. You're going back into the same world you walked out of when you came in here today. But you have the power and you have the authority. Come on. We have the authority through Jesus Christ to look the devil in the face and tell him, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. You and God can determine where you're going in life. But too many times we stop and we allow other people and the enemy and distractions and everything else determine what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and where we're going to go and what's going to be important and all of this stuff. When you have the authority, Jesus gave you the authority to look at the enemy and tell him, not today. 
I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. God, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray that it would just be implanted inside of us. Lord, that it would not be just words on a page. That it would not be just words on a screen. That it would not be just words that have been spoken. But God, that it would be something that has penetrated our hearts. And Lord, that when we leave here today, we have a different mindset. We have a different, uh, we have made up our mind. We have a different perspective on what you have called us to do. We know what our one thing is. And when we walk out of here today, we're getting on our wall and we're not coming down until the wall's finished. When I leave here today, I'm getting on the wall. And I'm not, I don't care if it takes all of 2018, all of 2019, all the way to 2025. I don't care how long it takes, God. I'm not getting off my wall until it's complete. God, show us what that one thing is. Show us what our one thing is. And we commit to get on that wall and work at it until it's finished. I want to invite our prayer team to come down today. We're going to sing one final song as we leave, as we go out today, and just worship the Lord one final time. If you need prayer for anything in your life, it doesn't have to be anything that we've talked about. You don't have to be a member of this church. This could be your first time here. We all need prayer from time to time. Maybe you're having some struggles. Maybe there's some relationships that, maybe you're one thing that God put on your heart today. You, you just feel like, I need, to, I need somebody to just agree with me and believe with me and encourage me that this can happen that this can happen. We invite you, as we begin to sing this last song, we invite you, if you need prayer, that you're more than welcome to come down for prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person who needs prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen.